Howdy, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode of Paul, Julian, and Friends, where I interview Roger Littleton of Castle Oaks Winery in Athens, Texas. If you've ever been to Castle Oaks and met Roger and Benita, you know what a fantastic host and just great people that they are to be around. So enjoy this conversation with Roger, where we learn a little bit of how he got where he is and doing what he's doing, and let us know what you think about the show in the comments. The late, great Jack Miller said, well, we're just talking. <laughs> Was that a song? <laughs> yeah, it could be. If it's not, it should be. should be, yeah. Have you ever, th- here I am, I'm asking a question. Have you ever thought about uh, when you were in the fire department about, man, I'm burnt out, I need to do something else? No. Never? I mean. Wow. I was burnt out on some of the, like when you're a medic and you're on the ambulance a good bit, it. In that part of it, okay, I means definitely burnout on that just because of the volume of runs and yeah. kind of the knuckleheads that you end up having to deal with <laughs> on a regular basis. And you know, it, I guess and of course, it gets worse after the third or fourth run after midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> well, I suppose that's probably in just about everything. I would right. think right. because yes. I have. I mean, I you know being the customs broker it's 46 years yeah so been doing it for a long time but there were times in that 46 years where i said uh, i'm not doing this anymore yeah. and it could be whatever the reason just like you said it might be just on the ambulance but mine was having to report to this guy that's just a flipping idiot yeah. or okay yeah i wanted to be the president okay <laughs> but <laughs> but um it's always you know, something that kind of starts digging at you, and then all of a sudden, you know, I got out of it and uh, went into the telecommunications for a while. Actually went back and opened my own brokerage firm back in, I think it was 90, yeah, in 90. And uh, that was a good experience. It it got me into where um, the money was. Mm And the money was not in my pocket. I wanted it in my pocket, so I felt like that was probably the way I needed to go. And found out that my ethics and the way that I do business was interfering with the ethics and the way the guy with the money wanted to do business. Okay. So I kind of... So was it harder to get be the money guy ethically and... I, you know, your way of doing business? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because my whole objection back then was to build a solid base rather than a rocket. Rockets fall. Base will stand strong. And so my thought was I wanted to build a strong base, and we were on our way. But then the pressure started coming to really start building the pillars and the pyramids to go straight up. And that just wasn't my style. I didn't yeah. want it. Didn't fast didn't, and furious. Fast and furious, and I wasn't a good salesman anyway. My my license was on the wall, and so I had the responsibility of making sure everything was done right because it was my license. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, uh, building, you know, fast and furious always left room for 
somebody to really get me in trouble right. because I would have to do audits all the time of, of things, you know, what business that we had done. And so it was, I mean, I don't think there was a couple of times when I had to pull the plug and back it up a little bit, but most of the time my partner was, he's a good guy. Yeah. And he wanted, he wanted the same, but he was getting the same pressure to build the business that I was getting at the same time. So it, it did cause some a little bit of friction between the two of us. So, but. So you were in a partnership with somebody else. How long did that last? Yeah, about four years. Okay. Yeah, about four years. And um, so what we did is we just kind of split it up and then I took on the, uh, the division, the drawback division. And I took that and then he took the other. And then finally, we just decided to disband it and sell off that the portion. Okay. So that's what we did. So how'd you end up where you're at now with? How did I end up? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, uh, hmm. being in the business of the brokerage business, customs brokerage business, uh, understanding logistics and understanding uh, trade law was where my expertise were. Mm-hmm. And so and it is fast. You know, when I got into the telecommunications side and we were negotiating rates and stuff like that, it was like, man, this, this could take six, seven, eight months. Whereas in the brokerage side, you got 30 minutes to make a decision and mm-hmm. go and hopefully you make the right. If you don't, you know, regroup and, and fix it. Hmm. So it was just fast and I liked that. Yeah. And so I was always on an edge and always really pushing to to be the best i mean that's something about the, the yeah. line between border and chaos <laughs> absolutely absolutely because a lot of times it is chaos yeah. because mass hysteria you know it's one of those deals where in the brokerage business i had like four bosses you know mm-hmm. my customer the shipper the customs you know, when it comes in, they're going to tell you what, and the guy that I actually reported to. Right. So there's four of us that that are four of them that I had to report to, and it was just like, okay, what do I tell this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I tell this guy so that he understands what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that it was it did create some challenges, mm-hmm. and um, but I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I, I was going to say you clearly still get something out of it to be doing yeah. it that long. I work for the largest uh, trade show producer in the world, and I'm over all of the international. And so that's what I do now, and I enjoy it. Now, after, since the pandemic crap started, can I say crap? You can. Okay. Since that crap started, it really changed the way that we do business. So I'm doing a lot of accounting now, and, you know, it's not my forte. Right. Back in the beginning, <laughs> Uh, my when Benita and I got married in '75, um, I did auditing. I audited, you know, Piggly Wiggly, Gibsons, you know, that kind of thing. And then I became a bookkeeper, if you will, okay. with a company in uh, Houston. Uh-uh. I hated it. I hated <laughs> it with a passion. So I got out of it. And so shortly after that, that I got into the brokerage business. And so been in it pretty much had my feet in it ever since I, you know the family they understand what I'm talking about you know we'd be sitting at the dinner table and I'm explaining to them kind of what went on today uh, 
And then finally, I look around, and they're asking the right questions. Really? They know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's cool. That was kind of it. Was cool. I mean, because they were small. Yeah. You know, here they are in in junior high and high school, and uh, they understand what Dad's talking about. That's really impressive because I s- still don't understand what brokers, customs <laughs> brokers. <laughs> but you're sound like you're a coordinator of transactions. Yeah, or- I do. And I put it together with with uh, with groups of people that uh, hopefully uh, can do a good job for my client. Sure. And uh, and who is your client in the brokers? My client industry. is anybody and everybody that wants to that, ship, that wants to bring something, something into the U.S. Okay, because it has to meet certain criteria uh, that makes it legal. Okay, right. and. There's different agencies that have to get involved in certain things like food and drug, fish and wildlife, FDA, right. DOT. And you, get, you help them get whatever that is to the place they need yes. to be. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. And then file the, uh, make sure the entry that's given to customs is correct so that the proper duties are paid. Gotcha. And um, nothing to it. it. Then, <laughs> you know, I surprised myself the other day. Uh, we were, there was, uh, one of the guys that works uh, with me, he gave me a call and he says, I got this quote from our uh, international uh, agent. And he says, I don't understand this. And so the way that they had broken it out was like a laundry list of what could apply. Wasn't necessarily what applied to his shipment, but what it could apply. And so I started going down the list. Bam, 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 bam. I had, Dad, get up. I still got this going on. <laughs> I'm getting older, and I think can do maybe, it. Maybe some of this stuff is just uh, kind of leaving, and but it's it's still there. It, I guess it's one of those things that the what is it? Short term memory right. goes first. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, but your long term, it's still it, in there somewhere. It just, just came. It just came it. up, and I, Dad, get up. I still got that. So cool. Acronyms everywhere. That's it. How did you and Benita end up in Henderson County? In Henderson County. uh, Semi-retired way back in 98. uh, I was working with her uncle, and he wrote the first program for substitute teacher. And um, it was one of those where... By the time you get off, a teacher calls in and says, hey, <clears throat> I'm sick today, I can't mm-hmm. come in. And when they, the system that they call into, before they hang up the phone, in most cases, there's already a substitute teacher that had been found and was booked to okay. come in and take, uh, be there on time, you know, just make sure everything was done. Uh, was this for a certain school district or like school uh, districts it was in general? Like, like a, no, it was like a lot of them. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles, okay. big ones. Uh, West Virginia, there's some, uh, I don't remember which one in West Virginia. Dallas, Dallas Independent School District. I think Irving was even on it. So okay. there was a lot, we have a lot of clients. And it led into some other things. It led into some emergency dispatch things, you know, like, oh, there's an earthquake coming. Who do we call? Mm-hmm. Well, that that device or that program would actually call all the people that needed to report to where for that type of emergency. Okay. Nurses yeah, got into, um, you know, traveling nurses. Mm-hmm. 
our booking nurses and things like that for different things. So back to the original question, how do we get the, the company was sold, and that's a whole different story I'm not going to go into because <laughs> some of the family members might be listening, and I don't want to go into that. Sure. But so when that happened, uh, the business sold. Uh, Benita and I, we just said, let's blow this pop stand. Let's get out of here for a while. Uh, so we started looking uh, for land around here. Benita's parents lived on Athens Lake, Lake Athens. And so we decided, let's look around there. So we came out and looked, and uh, Benita's dad called her and said, hey, there's this piece of land over here that you need to see. Hence, here we are. Here we are. So that was in uh, 98. And we moved to Athens on February the 1st, 1998, which is Benita's birthday. So happy birthday (laughs) start moving and we moved and we had to downsize so much we gave so much stuff away and still when we got here we had two large storage rooms and one small one Mm -hmm. but we uh, got a one-bedroom apartment and we said okay here we are (laughs) and so it was pretty cool too because we called it the castle oak apartment which was right next to st ed's Uh and so in the afternoon, I would walk over to Brookshire's, what you're used to, <laughs> and it was like my cupboard. And so I would oh, yeah. go get groceries, and I'd come home. Benita got tired of me first, so she decided she didn't want to hang out, so she went back to work. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me. She went to work. She had been a housewife pretty much our whole career. That's work. And she decided, and she went into banking, and so that's when she got started into banking. Right after, I, it might have been 99. I don't know exactly when, but... Uh, she she did that. Were yeah. you having to comp- commute? Um, no. Back and forth at, at, that, at time? that time, the business had sold my okay. business, right. so I was just living on some of the the funds that I had. Bought this place with some of the funds that we had, and okay. just kind of chilling out for a while. Right. And I then I got tired. Then you got bored. And then I got bored. So um, I had a friend that was took a little part time job. Uh, and over here at Sherwin Williams, and enjoyed it. Met some incredible people over there, and uh, and it was kind of tough because I got a phone call from another friend in Dallas said, "Hey, I need some help in my import department. Uh, what do you think?" And I said, "I'll gi- I'll give you six months, but then I'm coming home because I'm liking this." Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for over ten years. <laughs> <laughs> driving back and forth and uh, they sold the company that I went to work for Bax Global actually sold to a German uh, forwarder and um, I had seen some of those transitions before and really didn't want to be a part of it uh, they, they just kind of use you abuse you and throw you out like right. a trash so I got out before that happened ride you hard <laughs> yeah ride hard and so uh, I was uh, contacted by, uh, I guess I can say it, Freeman, which is who I work for now. And uh, just a beautiful, beautiful company. I mean, I enjoy it. And they they treat the employees like they had never, I had never seen in a corporate environment really? before. Just, and it's a family owned by, by the Freemans. So that was, uh, I was, I was, it was one of those deals where I got there as quick as I could, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, 
just so happens that a, a, um, a salesperson at uh, Bax was good friends with the gentleman over the transportation at Freeman, and they were looking to expand into international. So I went over there and started the international program and been there ever since. ton of uh, firemen, Dallas firemen, firemen all over, I think, used to work for Freeman, you know, off-duty, mm-hmm. setting up their shows and yep. doing that sort of stuff. They I mean, I heard it. that for years and years. You should have done it. I guess I <laughs> My deal was I lived in Athens, and, uh, and, you know, my kids were little, and so uh, I don't know. I thought about it, but yeah. Well, it seems like every fireman has a side gig. Yeah, they do. They do. I guess it's because what is it? Twenty-four on, twenty-four off, or forty-eight off? Forty-eight off. Yeah, most of them are twenty-four on, forty-eight off. Okay. And so that'd be cool. It's even if they try to, you know, not do anything for the forty-eight hours off. It doesn't last long, like you said. It just (laughs) yeah. Okay, I'm tired. Yeah. And used to it was a little bit harder to make if you had a family and you know um, your wife stayed home, it was harder to make it on that one yeah. income because it yeah wasn't what it is these days. Yeah. But um, the pay's gotten a little better, and but like I said, expenses they come have up got, with expenses, expenses have, have gone. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, it's more feasible today, at least, than yeah. it was. But still, I mean, it's the it's the not doing anything on the days off, whether they need it financially or not. Yeah. They, they've got something else going on. Well, you know, through everything that I've done, family, to me, is number one. Sure. I mean, it's, that's just where it all is. Well, I say number one. My faith is number one. My family's number two. Sorry about that, guys. But <laughs> faith is uh, really important to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the kids, the family... Um, proud of them. Right. I mean, got seven, three daughters, seven grandchildren, and one great grandson. So we've just been blessed, and it's just really cool. I got a good family. Yes, you do. So far, I think I've met all of them. <laughs> so far, everything is uh, we're in good shape. That's cool. Family wise, we're in good shape. Right. There's, you know, every now, every family has its little hiccups. No, yeah, boy, do they. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, wouldn't be a family without hiccups. Yeah, and, and you know, and being a being the dad, and I'm sure Benita feels the same way. Is at what point do you get in and uh, try to help? Mm-hmm. Because ups and downs—that's what gives you your experience to be able to carry on. So right. I know back when I was a kid, my parents jumped in a lot in the early days of our marriage. And I think it did, we had a little bit of issues there. So, uh, well, it wasn't an issue with me because (laughs) parents, bail them out, let's go. But Benita, she, you know, it got to be kind of a hassle. So we had to kind of start steering away from that. Sure. Yeah, it was good. You gotta learn to, you gotta run your own household. Yeah, you gotta stand on your own feet. Yep. And Sooner that's what better. we did. Sooner the better. Sooner the better. And, you know, it's one of the things, too, that I, if I would have known some of the things that I know now, I think that I would have been able to better prepare my children. Oh, sure. But I mean, if you ain't learned, <laughs> if you're the, if you think the same and you don't have any more 
If you haven't learned any more lessons, you know, between your 20s and your 50s and 60s, I mean, you're just, you're not paying attention. Yeah. I mean, there's, you've got to be a different person and have different, um, yeah, you've got to change the way you think and yeah. or you're just standing still. And, and at this point, I would be remiss without mentioning, uh, I met you nine years ago, approximately June of was it 13 really and um i wish i would have met you earlier <laughs> because i mean i'm quite a bit older than you i say quite a bit i don't know no. what you i'm 69 but um, i'm 59 i've that's 20 years <laughs> <laughs> that's 10. That's you 10. have taught me a lot you've taught me a lot really oh absolutely absolutely and well the impact that you've made on my life personally is I'm extremely thankful, and like I said, I wish I would have known you years and years and years ago, and I think we could have been pretty good buds and done I think so, too. I don't know if I would have been a fireman, okay, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not afraid to run into the the action, right? but fire's just not one of them. Yeah, it's... They give you good gear, and they treat you (laughs) good equipment, so... Same thing like any... Thing else in life, just try yeah. not to be too big of a dumbass, and <laughs> you'll do all right. Do all right. Yeah. You do all right. Um, well, I appreciate you saying that because yeah. I feel the same way about you. I mean, I got a few people in my favorites that you know, my phone will ring through at three o'clock in the morning. It's usually on sleep mode, but you know, you got family in there and uh, a few people that you know would only call at that time if you if they really needed you and you're on that list yeah, so. i appreciate it man because i'm going to be on this <laughs> i'm going to be that phone call one of these days <laughs> one i'm of sure these, one of these days one of these days so come out of all this and now how do we get to wine how do we get to wine well benita and i i started it years ago it was at an import conference in las vegas and uh, I had been talking wine because I'd been making wine at home and things like that. And so everybody knew that I made wine. It's usually from kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and again, I'd go get some grapes up at, up at the store. Back then, it was uh, in Lake Dallas, Hickory Creek area. And I'd take them home, and I'd crush them up, and I'd make me some home wine and yeah. let it sit there and put a buck, put a a balloon on the top of it and watch whoa that balloon's <laughs> gonna blow up but uh it was pretty nasty stuff oh, yeah. but then got a little bit better at it and uh the family would tell hey that's that's pretty good that's pretty good so when we moved out here and i first wanted to have cows and i thought well cows eat grass mm. number one so you need to learn how to how to grow grass that they'll eat right. back in hickory creek we had a our lawn was immaculate i mean it was immaculate <laughs> i loved doing it was kind of one of those things that's therapeutic mm-hmm. get out there and you the, the lawnmower is going loud you can't hear right. anything so anybody hollers at you they're going to have to get right in front of yeah. you and shake but um getting out here i wanted to do something so i thought learning how to uh Raise cattle would be kind of cool. 
And so everybody does it around here. Mm -hmm. So I got did soil samples and all that kind of good stuff. And the only thing I could grow were grass burrs. Man, <laughs> the grass burrs were terrible. I'd fertilize it, sent the soil sample to Texas A&M. They'd come back and say, yeah, you need to add this, that, this. So for five years, I did that. And the only thing, and we sprigged it, excuse me. We mm -hmm. did sprig it with the uh, Super Bermudas, the World Feeders, all these fancy hybrids mm -hmm. of Bermuda that they you find in the magazines. Hey, that's some good stuff, so I'm yeah. going to do that. And spent a lot of money doing it. And the grass burrs just came on. Well, I had a friend, my neighbor over here, uh, he said, Roger, you're just trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, okay, I don't even know how that wheel's supposed to roll, but okay. So he said, you just need to get some of that regular old southeast, southwest uh, coastal. And there's a guy over here in Eustis that he uh, raises the sprigs you need to get with him and put some lime on this place because you're going to need some lime yeah. and uh, see what happens. Well, I did it. Grass burrs. <laughs> The grass burst still grew. They so won again. They won again. So I'm sitting up and I'm watching. I'm kind of a geeky, nerdy guy on certain things. I love to learn things I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if I know it, it's you know, or if I think I know it, okay, that's I guess I know. <laughs> it's a perspective of it. But uh, I was watching. Oh, it was early in the morning too. Uh, it was probably about. 3 o'clock in the morning, I started watching this uh, lecture. And in the lecture, it was about vineyards. And at the very end of it, you know, she was talking about, you know, the different types of soils and everything. But at the very end of it, she was saying, if you think that you have to have the best, most fertile land everywhere, anywhere, that that's what you need to grow grapes. And she said, that's not, you don't need that. You need good drainage. I got and sand. sand. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had everything that you possibly could need to grow a decent vineyard. So I went in, Benita was still asleep, and uh, woke her up and I said, we're putting in a vineyard. Man. And she said, okay. Uh. <laughs> and went back to sleep. Can we talk to you about it in the morning? <laughs> And so I went back in and started doing my research. And uh, I was working at Bax out at DFW at the time, so I had to get up uh, and go to work. Okay. My sleep habits are another <laughs> issue that we can talk about. But uh, so I get up and I go into the office, and one of the guys there is talking. And uh, I had a client that was owned a vineyard up in uh, Ivanhoe, Texas. And good guy, uh, name is Gabe Parker, and he was one of my clients. And I uh, helped him in his import program, bringing in some of his tanks, uh, his bottling equipment mm -hmm. for his winery. And so, hey, I'm putting in a vineyard. I need to talk to yeah. him. So I went. He, I heard that he was down at the counter. So I ran downstairs and I was talking to him. And he said, Roger, time out. <laughs> he says, I hear, you don't know how many times I hear somebody saying that they want to put in a vineyard and they just take up a lot of my time. 
<laughs> he was blunt, okay? <laughs> he, was, he was in a rush to get there right. and get back up to Ivanhoe, I guess. I don't know. But um, he says, if you're really serious about it, let me know, and I'll get you hooked up with uh, a professor up here at Grayson County who heads up the uh, viticulture and enology. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm serious about it because I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so when he got back, he shot me an email and told me that gave the Dr. Renfro, I guess his name was back then. And uh, Benita and I started going to school and we did get serious about it. what I was making wine was by kit and the instructions that mm-hmm. were. But there's different things about making wine that you have to be aware of. Something goes a little bit a little bit south. You can always preserve it by doing taking some steps. Okay. Uh, so that's what I needed to know. The big picture, not the kit's little picture and doing it in the closet mm-hmm. and things like that. But we're talking about doing it, you know, for the masses. And uh, so we went to school, got our certificate, and came back and put in the vineyard. Uh, like I said, I get, it's getting close to 16 years ago now. Wow. Uh, for the vineyard. And um, had our vineyard blessed. My niece from Albuquerque and her husband came down, and we planted our first three rows. Well, no, it was the first row because there was only 10 vines. Mm-hmm. So we planted the first 10 vines, and that was the beginning and love wine you know a lot of people think man he must drink loads and loads (laughs) of wine uh i don't but i like wine i like good wines i like and you know it's one of the things that um hopefully now some of our wines i want i don't drink that much because they're sweet i don't drink sweet wines anymore but um people like them they do People they like sure <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's how we get in, got into it and uh, so you went that's your vineyard what about the winery you just the winery was that also that, the same time i'm gonna have no, a vineyard that's a little bit different okay. yeah it's a little different because at first we were just thinking about being a farmer okay. and raising grapes and that's what we did we had a lady that we, we formed this group here in Henderson County that, uh, well, it was more than Henderson County. It wasn't just in this area because we had some people come from uh, Pittsburgh, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> with good friends of ours over here, Patrick and Susan Pierce at Terra Winery, we got with them and some of the other wineries, local people, mm-hmm. not only wineries, but just grape growers. And formed a group, East Texas uh, Grape Growers. And so we we formed this group, and Sherry Montgomery at the time, she was the one with all the knowledge. We had come out of school, and but there's always someone that you can learn more from. And so Sherry was it. <clears throat> Patrick actually introduced me to her. And so she started, uh, you know, taking care of our vineyard and helping us, because I was still working in Dallas, so. She started helping, and she's still a good friend. Mm-hmm. She's not doing a lot of—I mean, she still does some consulting with us mm-hmm. on our vineyard, but uh, she married a an attorney out of uh, Seven Points, and they raise Longhorns. So now she's okay. she's a rancher. She's <laughs> but she can, multi-talented. Oh yeah, but she's a master gardener and uh, just a tremendous lady. We love her to death. 
Well, I can remember the first time we came out here. It was, it was, for the introduction or the opening night of Wilbur. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had the contest with the um, Humane Society for the label, and it seemed like it was kind of a fundraiser. I guess a portion yeah. of the proceeds went yeah. to the. What was in the Humane Society in Athens, and uh, I think it was flooding time that oh, we came out. Yeah. It was like everybody was jam-packed. <laughs> you had outside seating area, but it was open. Everybody was jam-packed inside, oh, yeah. and we kind of pulled open the door. And, and it's like, still raining. It's like water inside, I think. Oh, yeah. You may have been squeegeeing water past us. Oh, I'm sure to, I was. That was, was. that was my life back then, <laughs> squeegeeing water. Um so I don't think we actually stayed that night, but we came back and yep. been kept coming back. I so, still have a bottle of Wilbur up on the shelf on the far right. Oh, there he is. Yep. I see him. And he's not for sale, but that was, <laughs> that was right when we opened. <clears throat> and uh, that's right. That was when we met. You, were, you came with the Humane Society. Yes. Because you guys were doing some We'd never really... Things. Had drank much wine yeah. at all. Um, we like beer and margaritas, mm-hmm. um, but our palate has evolved. Or <laughs> Melissa's has. Mine's kind of the same. <laughs> uh, yours but, is yours is. It it did evolve, but then it it slid back a little bit, and yeah, now you're just drinking what you like. Yes. So that's cool. Drinking what I like, yep. and that's probably the best. We part we do a lot of blending. <laughs> I'm the blend guy. I'm the wine sausage guy. Just throw it in there. Put it in there. It'll, it'll be good. Yeah, but that was a good. That was a good program because we met some incredible, incredible people when we did that. And I have to say, you know, and I've told anybody that asked me the question, uh, but when we opened up the winery, we had very few friends, mm-hmm. and the reason was is because being in management. The friends usually are the ones that you deal with, you know, work with. And, you know, uh, at work, I might have to fire them on Monday. And it wouldn't be for what happened on Friday night at a party, at a pool party. Mm -hmm. But that might influence it. And so I just, you know what, I'm not going to socialize with people that, uh, you know, that that work for me. So that was kind of it. I didn't even like going to dinner with... uh, my boss i didn't particularly care for that right. because you know i it just puts you in kind of an uncomfortable situation right. i think uh but uh when people started coming out to the winery starting that day and i remember there was a story that uh, norma and amy told me about you and melissa and it, it was either that day or the next day or whenever. Really? And it was a story about how you and your son redid a house, flipped it, and gave all the proceeds to, to the, the Humane, Society. Humane Society. And I thought, man, another that's thing. somebody I need to know. Another and, thing long hey, time Hey, the rest ago. is history. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> history. But that was cool. Yeah. That was fun. That was. I remember taking that check up there to um, Shay had already... Uh, moved moved out, I think. Yeah, she had already moved out, and um, it took a while to finish because we were doing it in 
yeah, steps and yeah. a lot by ourselves and free know, time. This, this help and that yeah. help. But it took a while, but um, it was a, it's fun doing something like that because they were so involved in that. I mean, they, you know, Norma. I mean, she's put our life into things oh, yeah. like that. It was fun taking a yeah. decent size check up there to them. So. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure that, and well, I know they were. They were so appreciative of it. And I'm, you guys became lifetime friends, too. All right. Yeah. I've heard about some of your trips. <laughs> we're not going to go there, but. I mean, it, we, yeah, I mean, our life, we, we think about it. Um, I mean, the people that we want to see and enjoy seeing, I mean, this time of our lives, probably. 75 or 80 percent of them have we've met because of Castle Oaks you know or through Castle Oaks and so that's that says something for the length of time that people have been coming here and the relationships that yeah have come out of it not only for you but for other people yeah Uh, well you know and that has to be one of the best things about the winery mm-hmm. is because we look at friends that do things, that travel, that, you know, mm-hmm. they go everywhere together. Right. And knowing that that was somebody that actually met here at the winery or we introduce if If I see somebody that I think that would really help out in a situation, mm-hmm. I make sure that I put them two together it may not be something i know that they have common interest but it might be cows so (laughs) somebody's wanting to get some cows somebody knows all there is to know about cows Mm -hmm. so hey you make an introduction i I think you'd like to meet this guy so and there's been some long-term memories out of that you know so that's that's kind of fun but i i enjoy that i enjoy putting those uh people together facilitator facilitator a broker. <laughs> a broker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now you've got wine. We're up to the present. So what's going what's going, what's going on? forward? Well. What's in the works? About oh, two months ago, I got four cows. Four cows? Four cows. <laughs> yeah. Sherry. You finally got I'm, to be a cattleman. Yeah, I finally got it. Uh, Sherry, who I mentioned earlier about. Uh, she helped me with the wine, and now she raises longhorns. But she's got some commercial uh, herds, too. All of a sudden, they ain't it big. I mean, good Lord. They got, I don't know how many head, but I know it's over 100. So uh, she had some young heifers that she was, you know, she told me about. Mm-hmm. And we went and looked at them, and Benita loves them. And so that's what we've got here now. And of course, it helps out on the, you know, the ag exempt. Right. Hopefully, been fighting with those guys for years. So you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's a never-ending battle. No, never-ending. But uh, we have the cows, and, and plus we've had the vineyard. We've been cutting hay for years. So uh, that's what we've done. I've got my cows. Um, oh, another side note. Uh, my buddy growing up, George Kalejas, he and I known each other since the third grade right. <clears throat> and back when we was just punk kids just sitting around <laughs> doing what punk kids do uh probably singing because he could sing too oh really yeah oh yeah good 
But uh, we were sitting around shooting the breeze and talking about one of these days I'm going to have me some land. My dad always wanted land, and he never he never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? One of these days I'm going to have land. I'm going to have me some cows. <laughs> so here we are. One of these days. Yeah, one of these it's days. One I mean, day. that was back when we were like maybe 14, 15 years old and just sitting around shooting the breeze. And so two months ago, yeah. I called George up. <laughs> he didn't answer the phone, so I left him a message. And I said, hey, George, guess what? I finally got my cows. <laughs> I don't know if he remembers that conversation, right. but it was something that we always talked about. So, uh, But as far as the winery, uh, you know, you're always in, this is one of the things in business, and I think that it's probably good for anybody that's in business uh, what's the exit plan? All right. When is enough enough? When is... And right now, I don't know what the exit plan is. So when you ask what, what is it, this is it until we figure out what the exit plan is. Um, and an exit of one thing is just an, maybe an entry into something else. I mean, you, yeah. you clearly have the personality of a go-getter and you know, wanting to have something going on. And, that's a good thing. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm 69, and I have passed up six chosen retirement dates. I've set these <laughs> dates, and then I see them coming up, and pew, they just go right on by. I don't know, I don't know about retirement. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I will retire. I'm, you know, Freeman might say, wake up one morning and say, right. hey, we need a new direction. Mm-hmm. The only thing is uh, I would like to retire with my reputation in hand sure. and not be forced out because of something beyond my control, which mm-hmm. I see that happening all the time. Really? Yeah, it's, you know, you things put happen. put blame on somebody? Or they yes, gotta, it's like somebody has to be blamed for something, and um, I, I, I don't like that mm-hmm. because, you know, you're just as good as your last screw-up. Okay, and my uh, thoughts on management is always wanted to be number one, and being number one and being, you know, as good as your last screw up. There's some contradictory there that, you know, it could come and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And so, uh, in fact, one of my bosses, I used to, I used to tell him that, uh, I want to, I want to be the best. And I said, second is only the first one to lose. And he says, no, that's not the way to look at it. And I said, yes, it is the way to look at it. In my opinion, it's the way to look at it. Because if you come in second place, guess what? You lost. You're not the best. And I always wanted to be the best. I always wanted to present the best to my clients, uh, be whatever I could be and do whatever I could do to be a success in their businesses and in mine. So that was always something that's always been up front. And um, so I'm I sure want to keep I, doing that. Yeah, I want to. I want to retire with dignity. I guess that's probably the best word. Yeah, you, you'll never be a sitter or rounder. You'll no. never be coming out here and just be sitting on the porch and rocking no. chair. <laughs> what are you doing up here? <laughs> yeah, I can't I get out of this I, I chair no I more. <laughs> Can you tip it over yeah, a little bit? Hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. 
Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I've got some beautiful friends now that lifetime friends that we've met here. And uh, I think that keeping those friendships is going to be extremely important in my, when I do retire and finding something to do. Find, you know, my passion being the, the grapes and the wine, is, that was something that was really, really good. My first passion was my, my career, being a customs broker, and then wine. I don't think I ever went, I didn't finish it. When we went to an import conference in, in uh, Las Vegas, and everybody was talking about, hey, let Roger pick the wine. And here's, you know, we had about four tables, mm -hmm. about 20 people on each table. And oh, here we are. Yeah. We're on the line here. <laughs> yeah. So I opened up the wine list there in, in Las Vegas. And I don't remember what, where we were, what hotel or whatever. But we were sitting there, and I was looking at this wine list, and everybody's looking at me just waiting mm -hmm. for me to pick something. And uh, because I'd been drinking my wine, mm -hmm. the wine said I'm, you know, Benita and I had made and what we had done. And so here I am looking at this list and I'm looking at, man, a thousand dollars for a <laughs> bottle of wine. And I'm sitting at an import conference right. here. Okay. So I went and I found one and it was $85. I remember the price of it. It was $85. But there, it wasn't 25, 35, 45, a cheap ass wine. Mm -hmm. It was a, wasn't even the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. But I picked that wine. And I didn't know a lot of the different names of different wines and stuff like that. But one of the wines that I'd made from Kits was a Merlot. <clears throat> and so I see this wine, $85, it's a Merlot. We opened up that wine and I thought, my gosh. This is what good wine is all about. Really? And I said, so this there, is fabulous. Was there anything other than it was a Merlot and it was $85 that made you choose it? Or was it? Uh, no, that was it. Okay. And well, that was how I chose it. And it had a deer on the label. Okay. It, it Stag's cool Labels. It was still. a cool label. <laughs> but that winery is out of uh, Napa and it's Stag's Leap. And Stag's Leap to me is one of the best. I've had some that wines that have been better. Okay, but that was the one that introduced me to good wines. And so they've always been a favorite of mine. And uh, Cash 23 Cabernet Sauvignon is one of the best. It comes from a little place up in the mountains there, right outside their winery where they pick these special grapes and they put it in this special cast. Uh -huh. And it's just, uh, it's wonderful. But that's, <laughs> that's how I got into the wine business because okay. I really did like good wines good wine. at that point good wine doesn't have to be that expensive no it doesn't it doesn't it wasn't the most expensive right. i don't even remember what that was man, i'm not yeah. ordering that because i'm ordering like right. 10 bottles of wine here so i'm gonna get <laughs> 10 bottles it's gonna cost somebody 850 yeah. bucks so. yeah. not me it wasn't on my it wasn't right. my expense account so somebody was having to pay for it but that was it that's how we got into it and i digress because i remembered why one of the questions about how but that was it so you're a wine drinker before you're a wine yes yeah a good wine, wine farmer yeah at that point that was when i realized that uh there's good wines well and when i was working for benita's uncle at uh at you know at the software development company he liked good wines and so we would go out to lunch and have a bottle of good wine 
And so that, gotcha. you know, perpetuated really liking good wines and staying in the, staying it up, keeping it up front. Right. So tell everybody that might ever listen to this, the hours and the days that you're open and where they can, if somebody wanted to get in touch with your Bonita and ask a question about the winery, wine, grapes, or anything like that, how do they do that? Uh, they can, best place is on Facebook. Okay. Because Bonita takes care of the Facebook. I have in the past taken care of the website. And I have to tell you, I'm not good at keeping that up. No. I've got too many other things going on. It no. just slips. And so Bonita on Facebook is the best. And what's the page? Cas- the page? It's uh, CastleOaksVineyardAndWinery.com. Okay. And so Castle Oaks Vineyard and Winery on Facebook. Look uh, it might be Case. You know what? Whatever. You're asking Castle me Oaks if, Winery, Athens, I don't do, Texas. I, you'll find it. Yeah. Castle Oaks uh, Vineyard and Winery, Athens, Texas. Uh, that's how to find it. Okay. And Bonita is, you know, I, I tell her all the time, she missed her calling. And her calling probably is a marketer because mm-hmm. she does excellent, excellent job with uh, our Facebook page. Yeah. And um, so awesome. that's her name is Bonita. Friday nights uh, from 5 until 9. And we're open for, that's our firewood pizza. We do firewood pizzas here. And uh, then on Saturday, it's from one until six. And what we, and after six, if we have a special event, that's when we have it. Okay. Because, you know, for so many years, we've had to uh, not do special events because we, we just decided we would never shut the winery down. For, okay. Now, if somebody wants to do us an event, you know, at one o'clock, two o'clock on a Saturday, we're not going to you know tell them no we're right. just going to let them know the winery is open for business okay. in that time so if you want to have it by yourself after okay. six and you've done weddings and that oh, yeah. sort of stuff out here yeah. you've had lots of different lots types of different of things yeah we've done weddings uh corporate events uh those corporate events are pretty nice uh we do you know like investment programs and things like that uh, birthday parties showers okay uh, all that good stuff all of it yeah just whatever whatever makes it happen and we have a fabulous staff you know and they've been with us well jessica's been with us for over four years now mm-hmm. and uh just good good kids yep good kids everybody that's worked here has been yeah y'all are good at choosing that choosing good folks and yep. like i said they hang around and that says something about y'all in the winery and well they they, they're good. They're just good kids. So, uh-huh. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Love you, it. pal. Love you too, dude.